Welcome to Laying the Points, a sports betting podcast brought to you by Rotoviz, my bookie, and Untuck It. My name is Matt Lamarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Kyle, what's going on, man? Not much. We got a we got a, a quiet show. I guess not quiet, but just a, a shorter show for you as we wind down. And then uh, next week we got there. I guess uh, probably two weeks from now we'll have the the big one, the show full of uh, just complete shenanigans. So excited to look uh, look into weird bets like. Uh, uh, color of Gatorade might be one of the best bets you can ever make, but right now we have a week full of props and a week full of just two games, so I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, no, apparently they announced that uh, Demi Lovato is going to be singing the national anthem, so like all the Roto, uh, all the Action Network people have been digging in on her average nas- national anthem time. You know, they're starting the, the Lord's work early. Trying to find out what you know whether or not we're going to be on the under or the over this year for the national anthem. So that's the kind of stuff you can expect during our Super Bowl show. Always one of the best of the year. Uh, we'll have some prop bets today, but you know it's they don't offer nearly as much as they do for the Super Bowl. So uh, before we get into the conference championships, just want to remind you guys about the ten percent discount to Rotoviz that you can get through the podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. This is a great time to hop on board that discount. We've got draft season coming up and uh, Rotoviz does maybe the best job in the business of, of really diving into these draft prospects. So if you love the draft, if you play in some deeper dynasty leagues, this is a great time to access all of that content, find some sleepers, you know, find those guys who you're going to get in the late rounds of your dynasty league who can end up being league winners for you. So again, head over to rotoviz.com slash podcast, get yourself a 10% discount off a Rotoviz subscription. So let's talk uh, just a couple of really quick uh, trends for the cha- the championship round. Nothing really to go off here, unfortunately. Uh, the favorites have gone 17 and 15 against the spread over the past, uh, I guess that's 17 years or so. And same thing for the home team, 17 and 15 against the spread. So not very much to go with off of those, you know, championship round trends. So we really don't have a, uh, a, a, a great like edge, uh, unlike last week when, you know, underdogs and, uh, road teams provided significant value. And for the most part, they did their job last week. So. Let's dive right into the first game. It's going to be, both of these games are on Sunday. This one's at 3.05 p.m. Eastern Time. Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by 7.5 points. Total on this game sits at 53, which kind of jumped off the page to me as being pretty high. But uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, not only uh, did it uh, jump off the page to you, it jumped up from uh, like a generally books it open around 51 so uh for me at 51 I was I was probably pretty middling on it at 53 that just seems like so much for a team especially a team like uh a game that involves a team like Tennessee where they run more than almost any other I think any other team other than Baltimore they play at a slower pace than most teams like it, I know one of these teams has like a a high flying west coast style offense but the other one as much as they score points they generally do it at the a more reasonable or tampered pace. So yeah, at, at fifty three, I'd be I'd be interested in the under on that. And in this game, like I you know I just can't 
I can't, uh, after doubting Tennessee all this time, it's like I couldn't switch now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in too deep. I'm in way too much debt betting against them to, to finally make the right decision, I assume, and bet on them. I'm just going <laughs> to take KC. I do think KC is, is probably the best. I think they're undoubtedly the best team in the NFL. Uh, last week, like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team, a team as good as them, be more snake-bitten by randomness in the series of, like, like I don't know, 15 minutes with like a, like the Tyreek Hill punt return fumble, the like uh, just so many random events. And then like, oh, the blown coverage that got Kenny Stills. Like it's not even like, like I could have made that. I'm awful. Uh, so much bad things. And then for them just come out in the second quarter on and prove how much a better team they are than not only the Texans, but any other team. And uh, like maybe, maybe it's that, that sort of vividness bias that has me really on KC, but I still think they're, uh, I'll take them over Tennessee at seven and a half. Am I am I crazy? I also think they match up well. Like if they're going to score a lot, we're going to get a lot of Ryan Tannehill dropbacks. Ryan Tannehill takes a lot of sacks, second most in the NFL by sack percentage. You're going to get a lot of dropbacks. And Casey actually generates sacks as a defense pretty well too. They're I believe eighth in the NFL, uh, just under three sacks per game. So I do think they uh, like there is potential for them to just really go in on Tannehill. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit concerned about the Chiefs' rushing defense. You know, we've kind of talked about how uh, poor they have been at stopping the run for most of the year. So that concerns me against, you know, Derrick Henry, who has just been absolutely bludgeoning teams to death. You know, like, it really hasn't even been uh, competitive the past couple of weeks with with guys trying to tackle him. I think he's got, like, over 180 yards in three straight games. (laughs) You know, like, I know he's, uh, he's had a bunch of carries over that time frame, but that's still pretty impressive. Uh, as far as rush defense DVOA, the Chiefs are 29th. So I know that their defense has improved as the season has progressed, and they have gotten to the point where they're now in the top 10 in terms of pass defense DVOA. But I don't know how much that's going to serve them against Tennessee with what they're trying to do. You know, like, has Ryan Tannehill had a game with over 100 yards yet in the playoffs? Like, I don't. I don't think he has. And he had that that long one to Khalif Raymond. Uh, that was basically like sixty percent of his yards last week. If Tennessee is able to do what they want, this could be another game where Derrick Henry is looking at like thirty five carries. So that concerns me. Uh, I do agree with you that the Chiefs are the best team left in the playoffs. Like. I don't even think it's particularly close. I mean, I guess you can make a, an argument that that. San Francisco is in their ballpark, but certainly like the Chiefs, as far as talent goes, they're the best team left. I just, I don't necessarily agree that this is a good matchup for them. I mean, it's certainly better than if they had to play Baltimore, (laughs) but like to me, this, this matchup does spell some potential problems with Derrick Henry on the ground. And I know that people uh, on Twitter have been like kind of hating on this Tennessee team for the way that they play and... I get it, right? Like, it's not analytically friendly style of football. But when you're an underdog, as the the Titans have been in each of their playoff games, like, you kind of need to embrace that volatile style of football. You know, slow the game down, play a little bit ugly, uh, and hope to keep the other team off the field as much as possible. So I do think that Tennessee actually matches up pretty well here against Kansas City and what they want to do. But I don't know if I actually have the heart to take them because it feels like everything has broken right for them 
Uh, and and we know how good Kansas City is. You know, like they were ten point favorites last week. They got, they put themselves in a twenty four nothing hole, and they still covered the game pretty easily. So that's a little bit scary if you do like Tennessee. Overall, my favorite bet on this game is going to be on the under for for a lot of the reasons I mentioned about Tennessee. Like I do think that when they have the ball, at least it's going to be a ball control type of situation. Um, you know, Kansas City, if this game is going to go over, I think they're going to have to do their part, put up, you know, like 35 or so. Uh, and they can totally do that. I just think that it's more likely this game is looking like a, a little bit of a slower and uglier game than we're used to seeing with Kansas City. And of course, this fits that that trend that I've been sort of riding all playoffs about unders in outdoor postseason games. That's now 77, 58 and four against the spread uh, since 2003. So it came through for me last week in that game with the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm going to look to it again this week against the Chiefs. Yeah, I just think I'll, I'll double down on what you said. In ten- like, I, I, I can't envision a world where Tennessee, like, you can construct them as not having ridden the hot as of late. Like, one, they got, the, like, I don't think there was any, like, New England was dust by the time they played them. It looked like a bad, like, seeding matchup. You don't want to go in and play the three seed, but, like, New England was dust, and then Baltimore, they like they just crushed Baltimore in fourth downs, which like one, Baltimore has been great at all year, and two, they just ran like that's just against any good team, let alone it being Baltimore, to destroy them on fourth down, something that they've done well this year, plus to get like the the Mark Andrews interception, like all of these different things that let them uh like let them ride hot. And Baltimore is not a team like like they're they're similar to Tennessee in that they're good to play from a lead. They're good to play these like these dirtier, more like old school NFL games. But when they're like when they're at a deficit, they're probably not built for that. Whereas we saw last week, nothing could be further from the truth with Kansas City. So uh, for me, like for me, definitely uh, it's a it's a different beast playing KC. And I think uh, I'll, I'll be picking them. But yeah, the under, I think, is especially after this movement continually up. I, uh, I'm willing to like backtrack that and pull the under. We have a few props here. I don't have any I'm super interested in, but there is one. Uh, let me pull it up. I believe it is uh, Ryan Tannehill's rushing prop is at, I want to say it's 15 yards. And he's averaged like 18 with the team. And that's not like a huge difference, but like percentage-wise, that's a, a pretty solid edge. And especially if you're getting a lot of Ryan Tannehill dropbacks because they are supposed to be underdogs. Uh I think you could see a lot of Ryan Tannehill scrambles, especially against a team that generates a lot of a lot of pressure in Kansas City. You're going to get him rolling out of the pocket. I think that's just a, a very solid prop this week, just based on both his seasonal average and uh, like the fact the game script is going to play out for him to have more opportunities to run. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, certainly he has the athleticism, right? Like we've always uh, known that about him. The passing proficiency that he showed during the regular season was like a new thing, but he's always been pretty good with his legs. So I could get behind that. Um, I'm looking at this Patrick Mahomes touchdown prop. I mean, you have to lay a lot of juice with it, but I don't see a situation where he where he throws less than two touchdowns. Uh, you can get the over on one and a half TDs at around minus 225, minus 250, depending on where you're shopping. I just, to me, it's it's very hard to see a formula where where they don't put the ball in the end zone through the air at least two times. So uh, even though that's juiced up a bit, I still think that that might be my favorite prop. Uh, you know, sort of looking at this contest, uh, I'm also going to take uh, Corey Davis has a receiving yardage prop up. 
which to me, like, I don't understand at all. 39 and a half yards. Corey Davis is like the fourth receiver on the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he had two targets last week. I know he caught the touchdown on that trick play. But, like, what has Corey Davis done? You know, like, they've got A.J. Brown. They've got Khalif Raymond. They've got Tajay Sharp. They've got Johnny Smith. Like, outside of A.J. Brown... I don't think there's a clear-cut number two in Tennessee, so I will gladly fade Corey Davis here. Yeah, when you named all those guys, I was like, you just named a bunch of trash players. And I was like, oh, well, we're talking about Corey Davis. He's actually trash, too. So uh, right. one more one more prop in this one that I like, Damian Williams, 57.5 rushing yard prop. I'll take the over on his there just because they've, they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites, and they could not – any less give the ball to LaShawn McCoy and Darwin Thompson literally got zero touches uh, combined last week. And I think they each played like a snap. There is just like a Damian Williams is as much a three down back or, you know, as much a full time back as Derrick Henry. They just don't, uh, they don't rush as much obviously, but in this game script, I think it makes sense for him. Uh, yeah. I think that's probably all the props that I feel solid about in this game. Well, let's talk real quick just about uh, some touchdown props. So, there are four guys right now that are at better than even money to score. You've got Derrick Henry leads the field. He's minus 200 to score a touchdown. Damian Williams is minus 155. And then Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are both minus 125. Do you feel that any one of those get four guys is offering, you know, like more value than the others? Uh, I, I think one of them offers less value, Derrick Henry. Like it's uh, like it just for their implied team total like it he controls a lot of their offense but if they get down to an early deficit and do decide that they are going to be passing the ball it's just going to be very difficult at that point they do need to basically land within the five and then he has a good chance of scoring so out of all these guys i just rather take like i i get the uh the concentration of volume is lesser with guys like kelsey hill and williams but like like we saw last week that doesn't they're, they're all going to get theirs except apparently tyree kill but uh, yeah, for me, I'd rather bet the uh, Kelsey or Damian Williams of those, especially Kelsey and Williams. Hill's actually been like uh, not as involved as of late, like as of the second half of the season. I'm not sure if he's still dealing with his injuries or it's just the way they've played has been more favorable to guys like Kelsey and Williams. But uh, those would be my two picks there. And uh, just never Derek Henry. You can't make me do it. I won't do it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I will say that I think this could be a good week for Tyreek Hill. Tennessee is 28th in DVOA against number one wide receivers. Uh, They're second against number two wide receivers, and they're 20th against tight ends. So that doesn't seem like a particularly good formula for beating the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can take Sammy Watkins out of this game. Great. (laughs) You know, like. Sammy Watkins will take Sammy Watkins out of this game. Andy Reid will take Sammy Watkins out of this game. So, yeah, I, I just think I think this could be a week where Tyreek Hill maybe gets behind the defense. Uh, but I agree, like, Kelsey and Hill, I think, are, are your best bets to score here. I'll throw Damian Williams in as well, but I don't love the minus 155. Like, I'd rather just roll with the guys that are, you know, slightly better uh, in terms of their odds. And Henry, to me, is a, uh, is a complete fade. All right, let's, let's talk really quick about Untuck It. Uh, Kyle, I don't know if you like to uh, visit a bar every now and again, but sometimes I go out and I see these guys in these untucked button-down shirts, and they look like they're wearing, like, dresses. It's just a bad look. The shirts are too long. And there's a reason for that, right? Like, those shirts were not meant to be worn that way. 
Well, yes, I'm a, I'm a very small man. So I like I've struggled all my life with things like this. And I, I always just go to bed at night how I wish there was a way. But it seems as though I'm, I'm stuck to this. Am I wrong? No, because there is a way. It's called Untuck It. It's the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. And for guys like us, you're you're a little bit on the smaller side. I am certainly on the larger side. Untucked shirts are perfect because they customize them to your body type. They have more than 50 fit combinations. They look good on all sorts of guys. I mean, again, I, I'm a weird fit because I have like a big beer gut, but that's like the only part of me that's that big. So like usually when I buy a shirt to fit over my gut, it leaves my neck like super, super loose. So these these shirts are great because they can sort of customize it to fit perfectly to your body type. Uh, and that's good for, you know, weird bodied guys like me and you. <laughs> uh, you can choose from styles like a wrinkle-free button-down, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With untucked shirts, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. The website is also very easy to use. They have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for yourself or getting a perfect gift for somebody else, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, let's get into this second game. We have the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, San Fran looked really good last week against Minnesota. They are now favored by seven and a half points in this contest, and the total sits at 46. What are your thoughts here, Kyle? We've kind of been saying Green Bay is fraudulent. You know, I know that they were able to hold off the Seahawks last week. I don't really think that was a particularly impressive win. But at the same time, this does feel like a lot of points with the 49ers. So what are your thoughts here? Yeah, just briefly. Like, um, like... We are seeing maybe I would say the I would say probably the third to fourth best quarterback in the NFL and Russell Wilson uh, in his prime, just utterly squandered by Pete Carroll's like like it's not bad. It is like vindictive against Russell Wilson and his family, how little they utilize his skill set, how like how they punt whenever it's like they're on second down. They're like, well, we got to start prepping for a punt like it's uh, it is awful and the fact that green bay beat them uh like pete carroll beat the seahawks and it's awful to watch it's the worst with that being said i i do seven and a half is a lot i think uh like for me both of these teams have like solid defenses i do think the the 49ers have one of the better defenses in the nfl but that kind of tapered off i know early in the season they were uh like they were easily the number one uh, DVOA, and I think that kind of regressed to closer to somewhere around ten or something. And it uh, like they're basically the second half was a bit of a drop off, and they still ended up as the second best DVOA defense. But like it is hard to sustain good defenses, and you look at it year to year, and it becomes much more obvious with teams like Jacksonville and Chicago. So I do think that uh, like they have kind of regressed to the mean in that way, and Aaron Rodgers like. Uh, should be able to at least somewhat take advantage of that. And I think they've got the, like, I think, I know that even as much as I've slandered Aaron Rodgers throughout the year, I still think they have, like, by a, a pretty solid margin, the better quarterback in Rodgers. Garoppolo has been fine, and he's had some spike weeks, but, like, I don't think he's much more than, like, a plus game manager or, like, 
Like, is he that much better than a guy like Kirk Cousins? Like, I don't know. I don't think so. It's really that they've ran pretty hot all year. And in in terms of their rushing, last week was no different, apparently, with Tevin Coleman coming back into our lives. I'm going to take Aaron Aaron Rodgers with the the points here. I don't feel great about it, but I still think, uh, like, taking these massive dogs is is probably a long-term profit. The one thing I will say is that I do think that the 49ers defense started to deal with a bunch of injuries as the season progressed. And, you know, they got back D Ford last week. They got back Quan Alexander. I think those two guys do make a difference. You know, certainly D Ford, you know, adding him to an already potent pass rush is like, that's a, that's a important factor. So it wasn't surprising to me that they looked a little bit rejuvenated defensively last week. Uh, I'm not sure how much to read into that win. Like the Kirk Cousins thing is very weird. Uh, I wish we had kind of known about this or brought it up, but apparently like he's the greatest quarterback in the history of football when playing at 1 p.m. And specifically 1 p.m. on a Sunday. Uh, Apparently like he goes through like a very, he's like a very meticulous guy. And so when he plays outside of that time slot, it throws off his whole pregame routine. I don't know how much I buy into any of this. By the well, way. that's adorable. What is he like a puppy? I, this is <laughs> does this it, like is, does he not? <laughs> this is the, that's adorable. The rumor. But it doesn't make him. That's you've got to be kidding me. He's like a child. You like you take yeah. him home from school early, and he's completely ruined. That's why you know, like you know, he has such awful record on Monday Night Football. It's not because he's playing good teams or he can't handle the moment, it's just because his body clock is so... Thr- this is the rumor, okay? I'm just I'm just reporting the rumor. Again, read into it however you like. But certainly Kirk Cousins did not look like the same Kirk Cousins last week that we saw two weeks ago, you know? So uh, I, I do like San Francisco. I've been on the San Francisco train all year. I think that this team is talented. You know, they are... Seventh in offensive DVOA, which is better than the Packers. Second in defensive DVOA, better than the Packers. And they're better on special teams. And just going off of the DVOA numbers, the projected spread on this game is almost 10 points, 9.7. So the one thing I just can't get over, though, is getting Aaron Rodgers as an underdog. Like, unsurprisingly, Rodgers has not been a dog very much in his career, but... As an underdog of at least three and a half points, he's 12 and nine against the spread. And as an underdog of at least seven, a perfect three and oh. So again, small sample size that we're dealing with here, but I just typically think it's smart to back, you know, elite quarterbacks when you're getting a lot of points. Uh, the numbers would definitely tend to back that up. Like pick whatever good quarterback you want. If you're getting points with them, you know, for the most part, they're going to have a, a winning record. The question is whether or not you believe Aaron Rodgers is still elite, right? So all year we've been saying his performance is down, but last week, man, he made some throws. So I don't know. Maybe he was saving himself. Maybe it was just a good matchup. Maybe he took advantage against a Seattle secondary that is just not very good. But regardless, I'm not going against Aaron Rodgers getting that many points. So I have to take the Packers just out of principle. Um, The one thing, another thing to keep in mind, these two teams did play early in the year and San Francisco blew their doors off, but the Packers were pretty much without Brian Bulaga in that game. He should be back this week. 
that should help against a, you know, a team like San Francisco that relies on their pass rush. So just another reason to, to kind of like the Packers a little bit, I think. Yeah, and, and to be fair to Rodgers in that game, he played just as poorly against San Francisco as he does other stout defenses like Detroit or Washington. So uh, <laughs> he's just like, it's it's very strange how he's played this year. Like you look at his past, uh, you look at the two games before Seattle, and uh, he averaged under six yards attempt in, per attempt in both of them. Uh, like one of them was uh, like they were both wins. One was the the dominating win over Minnesota, and the other one was like one of the worst Aaron Rodgers performances that I've seen against Detroit. Then he has other games where he's like he is vintage, vintage Aaron Rodgers. Like when he just shredded, I mean, a bad defense in Oakland, but he still just like went in on them for five touchdowns, averaged nearly fourteen adjusted yards per attempt. Our average, oh my god, he averaged. I was looking at his yards per attempt. He averaged seventeen adjusted yards per attempt. Like. uh yeah, I still think he has those peaks in in him. It's just do we get one of those and uh, or anything close? And given the uh, given the splits of Aaron Rodgers as a dog and Aaron Rodgers of, of a dog at least uh, by three and a half and seven points, yeah, I think that we are more likely to get one of those than uh, than this line anticipates. The one thing too about San Francisco is that their their defense is is obviously incredibly good, right? But the areas that they have been great at this year. I don't know how much it matters against the Packers. Like, they're number one in pass defense DVOA versus running backs, and number two in pass defense DVOA against tight ends. You know, like, if we get less Jimmy Graham in this game, that's probably a good thing for the Packers. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they're only 10th in terms of DVOA versus number one wide receivers. And, you know, the Packers have this guy in Devontae Adams who, uh, has been doing a lot of damage recently. I don't know if you know this, Kyle. So if I felt like the the, the 49ers were going to be able to take Adams completely out of this game, I would be a lot less bullish on Green Bay, right? But I don't think, you know, like San Francisco's cornerbacks don't particularly scare me. Like Richard Sherman is still fine, but is he going to erase Devontae Adams from this game? I don't think that happens. So as long as Adams can stay productive, I don't see why Green Bay shouldn't be able to move the ball a little bit better than than they did the first two times these teams played. Uh, all right, you want to get into some props? I guess the first one I have, I well, have. Uh... Before we do that, let's talk about my bookie. Uh, I just wanted to remind you guys about my bookie, our presenting sponsor. This is truly one of the best times of the year for a sports fan. You've got the NFL playoffs. You've got the NBA. NHL, college basketball is in full swing. And if you are looking to get in on the action, make sure to check out my bookie. They have the most lines available in the business, including sides, totals, money lines, player prop bets. You could do parlays. You could do teasers. Uh, they even have a live casino if that's more your speed. So there really is something for every type of better to choose from. And if you sign up right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. That means if you deposit $2,000, you will get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. Once again, promo code ROTOVIZ to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right, continue, Kyle, with the prop bets. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. We got we to gotta pay them bills, and we also got we to gotta get people where we're betting. So, uh... Not, not, not a problem there. The first thing that sticks out to me is uh, Aaron Rodgers' significantly lower passing yardage prop than Jimmy Garoppolo, despite the fact that uh, like 
the the Niners all season have been, I don't want to say conservative, because when your defense plays as well as their defense has, it's not as conservative as, as you would think how much they run, but they are one of the uh, more run-heavy teams in the, the NFL, whereas the Packers are underdogs and a pass-heavier team. I believe they're in the top half of the league in a pass percentage. So the fact that and, – and Aaron Rodgers is better. He's just, like, better as much as we dog on him. He's, he's definitely better. He's got a 239.5 uh, passing yardage total, and Jimmy Garoppolo is 249.5. Uh, I don't feel as confident about Garoppolo's. I'd probably lean on the under. But Aaron Rodgers, I, I think, uh, out of maybe all of the props we have for the uh, all four of the quarterback passing yardage, 239.5 over for Aaron Rodgers is probably where I feel uh, most confident in. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think there's some correlation if you like the Packers – with liking Rodgers is over. Uh, that makes sense to me. I'm going with the Jamal Williams receiving yardage under. That's set at 23 and a half yards right now. Um, I already mentioned San Fran is great at defending the running back in the passing game. The best team in football. And Jamal Williams, while he's had, you know, some viability at times this year, it, it, like there's just not a ton of opportunities for him in this game to make plays like every time you're taking Aaron Jones off the field and putting him on is probably a pretty poor strategy so last week Williams had one rushing attempt and one target uh even in a great matchup I would I would struggle to see value taking the over on this current prop so certainly considering the tough matchup against uh San Francisco definitely the under I think is a really strong play here yeah, I mean, I think it might have something to do with, uh, like, his, I believe it was the, the shoulder injury that basically kept him out at the very end of the season, and he got the, the week of rest, but Tyler Irvin played a decent amount over him. I believe he actually got, like, two carries, Jamal Williams won. Like, I think earlier in the season, this bet, you might have considered the over would probably be a lot closer. Late in the season, I don't even know, like, he's splitting work as the second back on his team. Uh, like, uh, that's maybe uh, probably one of the better, I think that's just bad line. I don't even, do they know that Tyler Irvin is running over him? I don't know. I guess not. So I think that's uh, actually a really solid find. Um, do you have any interest in trying to decipher the San Francisco running back situation? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say I think I've figured it out, but I really do think last week it was that um, Raheem Mostert entered the week, or I guess he was going throughout the week, dealing with the flu or some sort of sickness, and then ended up dealing with cramping, probably because he was dehydrated all week, uh, ended up dealing with cramping and got pulled in a in a game that it wasn't like they were starving to get him back in. So, uh, like, I think they're going to immediately go back to him as their lead back in the five weeks prior to that he had seen 10 carries in every single week Tevin Coleman had peaked at five so at most he was getting half of the work as Raheem Mostert so uh like if there are if there are Tevin Coleman props given I just don't think he's going to see the field that much so uh, anything under on Tevin Coleman Raheem Mostert 45 and a half rushing yard total uh, I don't feel great about that but I do think as a favorite uh, I would take the over on that one and uh just I, I don't think we're going to see much of Tevin Coleman yeah, give me all the most hurt. I mean, we have a, a player prop tool over at Fantasy Labs where it compares uh, the projections that we have versus the prop market and grades each of the bets. And Mostert is grading out as the best bet of the entire week, uh, at least in this game. But we have him projected for 57 and a half yards. So that's, you know, more than 10 yards more than his current uh prop is set so we love the over uh i think that goes along with everything that you just said about mostert 
you know, sort of being limited because of the game script and because of his health situation, you know, dealing with an injury. Uh, I fully expect him to be the lead back this week because he was just that good during the regular season. Like, his efficiency was absolutely off the charts. So there's no reason for them to to shy away from him if he's ready to go. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, that's exactly what I'd have. Um, I'm looking at a handful of props that are just uh, like player matchups. These are I'm looking at a bunch of the Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Aaron Rodgers has scored more touchdowns than Garoppolo's plus 113. Uh, I believe he was plus as well to go over the yards. I like uh, like a uh, I just think he's going to like if the game plays out like the 49ers would want it to and that they win. It is probably the way it has always panned out or the way it's panned out a lot this year where uh, they play efficiently but not with a ton of volume. Their defense controls and they run the ball. Like, And that would not be conducive to Jimmy Garoppolo beating Aaron Rodgers in a lot of statistical categories. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, and let's just wrap it up with some touchdown scoring props. Aaron Jones is the only guy right now who's better than even money. He's at minus 106 to score in this game. Then you've got Mostert is plus 130. Kittle is plus 130. Tevin Coleman is plus 130. Uh, Debo is plus 140. Devontae Adams is plus 165. So out of all those, I think Adams is really tasty at plus 165. You know, like uh, I've already kind of mentioned why I think he's going to have success in this game. But getting him as, as the sixth best odds just seems off to me. You know, like Adams was the best touchdown scorer at the position just two years ago. I understand that, you know, him and Rodgers maybe haven't had the greatest uh, display this year, but Adams has been hurt. Like he scored last week, I think twice. I I don't see any reason why he should be, you know, better or worse odds to score than guys like Debo Samuel and Tevin Coleman. Yeah, no, that's uh, like, that is, I can't imagine not taking this bet, especially when you look at like the volume, like the volume has been beyond there for Devontae Adams. He closed out the regular season weeks 15 through 17 with uh, 13, 16 and 13 targets. Like he's like, I think maybe more so than any other, any other quarterback wide receiver combo. He's just like the only guy that Aaron Rodgers seems to ever care to throw to. And Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of touchdowns and they're going to be underdogs. And like you said, the matchup is nothing to be concerned with specifically for Adams. And uh, like, like imagine like, taking Raheem Mostert over Devontae Adams, or even to that, like to that matter, Tevin Coleman, either of these running backs, just the little certainty you get with them compared to the, the max certainty you get with Devontae Adams. If the Packers are going to score, it is probably going to be through Adams. So yeah, I think that's a great bet. Uh, plus 500 might not be the odds I'm looking for, but Alan Lazard plus 500. If you're going to bet on any of these ancillary green Bay pieces, uh, like I can't imagine making anyone else. Lazard was coming off of 17 targets in the final two regular season, uh, games before getting hurt last week, but he is uh, supposedly fully healthy now. So I think if you're betting on any of these ancillary players, Alan Lazard plus 500, or even like, I don't know, I'm looking at, uh, plus 2,800 for him to be the first to score. So he's a guy, if you want any of the other, uh, Packers players, the only guy I would go to. Yeah, I love the Lizard King. Uh, like, I think that in terms of talent, he's clearly established himself as the number two option. Um, he didn't come through last week. I don't even know if he was targeted in that game. But. No, I mean, he was hurt. He was hurt. Uh, he left at some point with, I believe, it was like a leg injury. But he logged limited practice Wednesday, and they fully expect him to play. And before that, I think it was a six-game stretch where he played over half the snaps in every single game. Like, talent and opportunity. He is clearly their wide receiver, too, at least down the second half of the season it was. Last week was just, I think, a bit unfortunate that he got hurt. But uh, it seems to be healthy now. So 
The only thing I will say on these props is I think the deeper down the board you go, like the worse these bets become. Uh, like in general, I don't think that they give you as much value as as they should. You know, like Jake Kumaro is eight to one to score a touchdown. Like, has Jake Kumaro even played recently? Like, I, I don't get it. So I do think that Lazard, like you said, is a little bit of a special type situation where he is highly involved and he's just been priced down because of injuries. But like some of these guys, you start looking at it and you're like, you know, okay, Dante Pettis is 22 to one to score. His true odds of scoring a touchdown in this game are probably like 50 to one. No, I mean, he's, yeah, so I was just looking at this. Uh, Richie James, also, a lot of the guys are grouped up 22 to 1. Richie James has two targets since week three. It should literally be 22 to 1 for him to get a target and, like, to catch a touchdown. Like, that's insane. So, yeah, I think that I was going to say that's why I kind of watched Lazard. I was like, 500 isn't bad, but it's starting to teeter on the point where I don't think you're gaining a ton of value uh, after you get past those guys. Like, you are, these should literally be to get a touch or to, uh, to, like, go over two yards. So, yeah, I can't. After plus 500, I don't think any of these guys are positive values. All right, let's get into our my bookie book it picks of the week. Uh, not a great week for us again last week. I went two and two. I did hit my pick of the week, so at least I have that going for me. You were one and three, zero oh and one on your pick of the week. So that brings my playoff record to a paltry two and six. Uh, one and one on my pick of the week. You are at three and five. And you are 0 and 2 on your pick of the week. So let's uh let's get into the bets for this week. Maybe we'll do one pick in each game and then one of your favorite props for the week. So I am going to be taking the under in the first game between the Chiefs and the Titans. I will be doing under 53 as the total. In the second game, I am taking the Packers plus seven and a half. And for my prop bet. I will be taking uh, Devontae Adams to score a touchdown at plus 165. Yeah, I think that is uh, that might be the best prop bet. But uh, I actually, I have one, my prop bet. I, I like the Ryan Tannehill rushing yards over 15 and a half. Uh, like he's averaged over that and he will have more opportunities to do so. I'm just picking both the spreads. I'm going to take Green Bay plus seven and a half and KC minus seven and a half. And uh, are we are we doing a pick of the week? Yes. Sorry. What is your pick of the week? Uh, sweet, sweet Casey, Ryan Tannehill can't keep doing this to me. <laughs> he can, uh, and he will. I will say, like, if he if he manages to win this game somehow, he will have gone through Brady, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson in the AFC to make it to the uh, to the Super Bowl. Like, I understand he's an eight point favorite this week, but he was a ten or an eight point underdog. But he was a ten point underdog last week, and he pulled it out. So. I don't know if I can think of a more impressive run in terms of beating quarterbacks should that happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, my... that's two of two of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation and Tom Brady, so that's really good. <laughs> uh, my pick of the week is going to be the under 53 in that game. I, uh, I just think that that's too many points for an outdoor playoff game, so I will, uh, I will fade that one. All right, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Laying the Points. We will be off next week, uh, so you won't have me and Kyle on to give you our spicy Pro Bowl takes. But we'll be back for a Super Bowl show. We're going to do you know tons of prop betting. We'll talk about all the D-Gen stuff. 
Uh, I'll give my annual spiel on why you should never bet on the coin toss. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll give our picks for the game as well, just in case anyone's actually curious in that. So for Kyle, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here, I'm Matt Lamarca at Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in.